0: The I can't believe what's happening here. I got two others. I got dinner I got one of them. And now, History Boulevard with John Oakley. Yeah. Significant date in Toronto, insofar as Massey Hall is concerned, for sure. 129 years ago, on this date, 1894, it opened its uh, doors and Handel's Messiah was. The evening's offering. Uh, we've come a long way since then. We talk about uh, certain artists that we might have seen over the years. Lightfoot for sure, over 170 shows. Uh, there's been some spoken word artists as well. It's really a remarkable, not just venue but legacy. And uh, here to tell us all about it is the author of the definitive book on the venue, which is entitled Massey Hall. David McPherson joining the Oakley Show. David, good to have you with us. Good
1: afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, John. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to. Be here this afternoon.
0: Well, I appreciate it on this date. Uh, you knew this going in, didn't you, that this was the 129th anniversary?
1: Yeah, oh, for sure. It's a significant day, and uh, uh, also the City of Toronto proclaimed it Massey Hall Day earlier today, so that, that was pretty significant as well, It's uh, and well-deserved. I mean, this has uh, been a part of the fabric of the city for, uh, you know, 129 years since Art Massey, uh, you know, bestowed it as a gift uh, to the city. And it was also in memory of his uh, his son, Charles, who was a big music lover and unfortunately died at a young age of typhoid fever.
0: That's what I love at the early part of the book. You know, you sort of ha- set the historical context of the city of Toronto and uh, how this all came to pass. So maybe you can just in a nutshell describe Toronto in the day when Massey Hall was first constructed and opened its doors.
1: Yeah, back in, you know, the early 1890s, uh, before the turn of the century, I mean, Toronto was still, you know, a city that, uh, you know, was growing uh, substantially. I mean, you had the Gooderman Warts uh, factory nearby. And uh, from Hart Massey's point of view, he was a a huge industrialist and he had built, uh, he had moved his factory uh, that employed thousands of workers uh, to King Street uh, in downtown Toronto uh, there was still uh, a lot of horse traffic, and uh, you know the cars weren't uh, on the streets yet. But uh, really, Toronto was booming, and uh, really that's how this came about. Uh, Hart Massey was a lover of the arts, and he knew that you know he saw Toronto as a place for the growth that was occurring. It really needed a, a music hall and an art center and a place for culture that. Uh, was more than uh, a place like the Saint Lawrence uh, Hall that was there, uh, you know, could hold. It, it needed a bigger space, and so you know, that's kind of how the Massey Hall came to be.
0: My understanding is it actually had more seats initially, about thirty five hundred, whereas now it's under three thousand. How did that come about?
1: Uh, yeah, that was mainly, I think, just over the years and a few of the, the renovations and, and changing some of the layouts and adding in a few. Uh, amenities like a lounge on the second floor and, you know, things like that, that uh, a few seats were taken out. And also, I think in the the earliest years, there was uh, kind of some balconies and things around the stage. And there was actually, I think, seating in behind the stage at one point. So, you know, that probably accounts for, you know, some of the loss of seating over the years, but pretty much, uh, you know, the Massey Hall as we know it, and even with the current revitalization, it, it stuck around, you know, the, you know, 2,500 uh, or so uh, seating capacity to 2,700. So, Again, David
0: McPherson wrote the book on it, Massey Hall, and we're talking about this venerable institution, historic. I mean, it's designated as such. And you say all the renovations are the changes. It still retained the integrity of the hall, which is interesting over the years, over a century and change. The acoustics are the thing that seemed to be the constant. You talk to any of the artists, or even back in the day, they all note that this was something that was very special about this magical venue. Uh, why would that be? Was it the architecture? What was going on there?
1: Yeah, I think it is one of those, uh, you know, the, the mysteries uh, in, in a way, but I think a lot of it had to do probably with the architecture originally. Um, you know, it was modeled after... Uh, a lot of places and the Spanish and Moorish influence uh, that Hart Massey uh, loved. And the other thing with the the, the hall itself uh, that people who have been there know, I mean, it, the, the horseshoe shape is quite unique uh, for a concert hall. And, it all, and so because of that, it, it feels more like a church, right? And everyone feels so close to the action. And that's what artists repeatedly told me, that, you know, you're on that stage, even though there's 25 2600 people uh, watching you. Uh, you can hear you know them talking up in the stands or you can see them and it feels like they're giving you a hug. I think that was you know what uh, Jim Cuddy had told me at one time. but uh, yeah I think that all played into the sound and uh, that is the one thing that all artists said. Um, it, it never did sound uh, incredible though in sound check. that was always the interesting point. and so I think it almost needed the people in there. Um, and and they added to um, the great acoustics that always came out. You
0: mentioned a church. Uh, There was somebody who did describe it in your book as a music church. Who was that? (laughs) You're putting me Uh, on the spot. i put you on the spot. I think it might have been Jan Arden, actually. Uh, She's had more appearances than any other female artist, but Gordon Lightfoot obviously is uh, well ahead with over 170, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, not surprising. Uh, You know, I had a whole chapter on... uh, you know, the late, uh, Lightfoot and, uh, yeah, it really was the house of Gord. I mean, he, he, he played there as a teenager for the first time, uh, in a Kiwanis festival, uh, event, came down with his parents from Aurelia. But then, you know, after that, he, he made his, uh, solo debut in 1967. And from then on, it was almost every year since, uh, and for the longest time he would, you know, do three, four or five nights in a row, um, and it was something a lot of people look forward to every single year. So he loved the hall and uh, uh, it's a special place uh, for a lot of Torontonians uh, for yeah. sure. So it, it, it's great with this recent revitalization. I mean, they really got uh, you know support from more than 7,000 uh, donors uh, that kind of uh, chipped in to help them uh, do all the things they wanted to, because a, a piece that a lot of people don't know, you probably just go to Massey and enjoy a concert, but uh Massey Hall, um, as a nonprofit, uh, it's so much more than that because part of their mandate and role is, uh, you know, all about art- artist education, artist development and community outreach. Uh, and-, and so all those aspects now um, with the new bigger Allied Music Center, uh, which is going to have several new venues that already opened one of them, the TD Music Hall uh, a few months back um, and just more places for artists to play. And as we saw with COVID and the pandemic, I mean, a lot of venues closed. So this is great news for uh, you know the live music industry and for artists who rely on these places, uh, you know, to advance their career. And uh, great news, mu- great news for uh, you know live music lovers as well.
0: Well, this is the place. I mean, it's a, sort of a mecca for uh, great. Artists uh, and, you know, an intimate venue beyond, uh, you know, some kind of arena or whatever. But, you know, the other thing that impresses me, David, is over the years and I've checked into this, it's into your book, the eclectic nature of the artists who have played Massey Hall. And that goes from uh, rock and roll to punk uh jazz fusion spoken word even dalai lama was there i mean a number of comedians have performed there uh, i mean this is a real testament to why this is such a hallowed place because of the eclectic nature of the sampling of artists is it not
1: oh for sure and i, I think that was one of the surprises if you will for me because again i i knew of uh, you know all the incredible musicians who had played there and all the live you know famous live recordings uh like the uh you know jazz at massey and neil young's uh famed live at massey hall recording and rush did a live record there but you know i wasn't aware of you know helen keller spoke there uh winston churchill there were boxing matches wrestling matches um you know in the early days women's suffragette uh, movement you know with women you know trying to get the right to vote they would have uh meetings there the temperance societies i mean the list goes on and on and uh you know, it really was. It was a place for the people, and that's what Hart Massey wanted and for the community to gather. And so, you know, whether it was music, um, comedy, uh, or even, you know, they did have some opera and, and other uh, artistic performances there. So um, it, it has been home to so much. And, uh, you know, now, like I said, thanks to this uh, recent revitalization, uh, it will be there for generations to come, which is great news
0: yeah you mentioned opera enrico caruso uh you had pavarotti there i mean uh, it's a literal who's who and uh, you know but finally uh does it have special significance for the canadian artists i mean who feel that they've arrived once they played massey hall
1: oh for sure i mean that's the one thing i mean for my book i probably interviewed you know close to 100 artists uh and they all said that i mean it was it really was that stepping stone i mean uh, similar to, you know, my previous book before this was on the Horseshoe Tavern. And it was like that same idea where, you know, you, you work your way up and, uh, you know, after the horseshoe for some of these Toronto bands, and it was back in the day, maybe it was a diamond club and then it was, you know, another place a bit bigger. And, and Massey was always the goal in many ways. And, uh, you know, what the the someone told me when I was uh, writing the book uh the greatest anecdote was that idea that it's, it's a place that people aspire to on their way up, but it's also once they've achieved that um, it's also somewhere they, they still want to play uh, to illustrate like Neil Young, he could easily sell out uh, Scotiabank Scotia bank and, you know, arenas and some other artists like that, but they often would rather come and play Massey hall for two or three nights just because of, you know, how special it is. And it's more intimate uh, and it, it gives fans that, that much, uh, better an experience.
0: Yeah, it resonates, Canadiana. Uh, Ronnie Hawkins' yeah. 60th birthday bash was held there in '95, and Stomp and Tom. Finally, I got to ask. I mean, uh, he didn't want to kill the boards, you know, by stomping on the stage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's where, yeah, he had his board, his special board. And uh, tell me what happened to the board after a concert?
1: Oh well, yeah, I mean, back in the early '90s, when uh, Stomp and Tom had a bit of his uh, resurgence at the tail end of his career. Uh, after every show he would always end in Massey Hall and something he would he did uh, he'd auction off his uh, stomping board uh for charity usually you know it might have been for the food bank of Toronto and so that's pretty cool and uh one thing you'll see if you go to um you know the new TD Music Hall and the original Massey Hall they have a lot of, they've done a great job now preserving cuz they have the space again uh, to preserve some of these elements uh, in history, uh, whether it's like Jim Cuddy's guitar or you know something that Jan Arden wore while she played there, and yeah, the, I did notice when I went to the TD Music Hall, uh, Stompin' Tom Stompin' board uh, is there in a glass case that, that you can see. It's our
0: version of the Ryman Auditorium, uh, which is in Nashville for the Grand Ole Opry back in the day. David McPherson, this is a uh, must-read—the definitive book on Massey Hall. This is Massey Hall date opened on this date in 1894, 129 years ago. The book is called Massey Hall. Really appreciate it, David. Thanks so much, and uh, we just scratched the surface. A worthwhile
1: read. Great, thanks so much, John. Have a good night. Listen to the
0: John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640 and listen anywhere on earth 24 hours a day by going to 640Toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at AM640Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast Library.